Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. Today we're in uh, Isaiah 37. It's part, it's a continuation from 36 where the situation was pretty dire for the people and for Jerusalem. The king of Assyria had surrounded the city, sent out his commander who basically told them that they were going to be wiped out, that all the people on the walls, all the people in the city would hear it. And that they would then, you know, have the fear of what's going to happen. Our situation is very, very dire. We're about to die and be wiped out. And they were presented with an offer of basically wealth, well, not dying, and also with um, salvation, basically. And in the process of all of this, the messenger that was sent by the king mocked God and said that he couldn't stand up to the king of Assyria like any of the other gods of the peoples that they had conquered. So that's pretty much the backdrop. And the people who had been sent, the messengers or administrators who'd been sent by King Hezekiah, um, who is the king of, of Jerusalem at the time, um, were sent back, you know, heard the message and went back to visit and tell Hezekiah what the circumstance was. So this is, this is the uh, continuation of that. 37.1. When King Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and went into the temple of the Lord. He sent Eliakim, the palace administrator, she, uh, the palace administrator, Shebna, the secretary, and the leading priest, all wearing sackcloth, to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz. They told him, this is what Hezekiah says, this day is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace, as when children come to the moment of birth, and there is no strength to deliver them. It may be that the Lord your God will hear the words of the field commander, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to ridicule the living God, and that he will rebuke him for the words the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, pray for the remnant that still survives. So, an important element here is what was it, what was the first thing that that Hezekiah did? Well, Hezekiah immediately went to to Isaiah to beseech you know help from God, and he didn't go himself because again, back in the Old Testament, for the most part, people had to communicate with the Lord through prophets and priests, and so. You know, Hezekiah wasn't able to go direct. And so he went to the next, you know, to the best source, and that was to Isaiah. Verse 5. When King Hezekiah's officials came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Tell your master this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid of what you have heard, those words with, with which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Listen, when he hears a certain report, I will make him want to return to his own country. And there I will have him cut down with the sword. When the field commander heard that the king of Assyria had left Lasich, he withdrew from the king and found the king fighting against Libna. So God said, don't worry, I've got it under control. And uh, in fact, I'm going to send the king of Assyria away. And next thing you know, when the field commander who had been the messenger to the two Jerusalems, from the king of Assyria, when he returned, he found out that the king had actually left. Now Sennacherib, which is the king of, of Assyria, received a report 
that Tiraka, the king of Cush, was marching out to fight against him. When he heard it, he sent messengers to Hezekiah with this with this word. Say to Hezekiah, king of Judah, do not let the God you depend on deceive you when he says Jerusalem will not be given into the hands of the king of Assyria. So again, he's mocking God. Surely you've heard that the kings of Assyria have done all the done to all the countries, destroying them completely. And will you be delivered? Did the gods of the nations that were destroyed by my predecessors deliver them? The gods of Gozan, Harem, Resef, and the people of Eden, who were in El, who were in Telassar. Where is the king of Hamath or the king of Arpad? Where are the kings of Lair, Sephervim, Hena, and Eva? Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord Almighty, God of Israel enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to all the words Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste all those people and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are Lord, are you, Lord, are the only God. So when things got really dire, Hezekiah went direct to God. He bypassed the priest, he bypassed Isaiah, and he just like, hey, this is this is too serious. And he went to the temple, and he went directly before the Lord. And, you know, that really is speaks volumes of how desperate things were, and also how serious and committed and repentant Hezekiah was. Shinarepid's fall, verse 21. When Isaiah, son of Amos, sent a message to Hezekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. So it's interesting. He went to the temple. He beseeched God, but the message didn't come back to Hezekiah direct in his prayer time. It came through Isaiah, but God did hear him. Because you have prayed to me concerning Shinarepid, king of Assyria, this is the word the Lord has spoken against him. Virgin daughter Zion despises and mocks you. Daughter Jerusalem tosses her head as you flee. Who is it you have ridiculed and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? Against the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have ridiculed the Lord, and you have said, With many chariots I have ascended the heights of the mountain, the utmost heights of Lebanon. I have cut down its tallest cedars, the choicest of its junipers. I have reached its remotest heights, the finest of its forest. I have dug wells in foreign lands and drunk the water there. With the soles of my feet I have dried up all the streams of Egypt. Have you not heard long ago I ordained it? In days of old I planned it? Now I have brought it to pass that you have turned fortified cities into piles of stone. Their people, drained of power, are dismayed and put to shame. They are like plants in the field, that like tender roots like grass sprouting on the roof, scorched before it grows up. But I know where you are, and when you come and go, and how you rage against me. Because you rage against me, and because your insolence has reached my ears, 
I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth, and I will make you return by the way you came. This will be the sign for you, Hezekiah. This year you will eat what grows by itself, and the second year what springs from that. But in the third year sow and reap, plant vineyards, and eat their fruit. Once more a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. For you, for out to Jerusalem will come a remnant, and out of Mount Zion a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So, the Lord is showing grace and his mercy to Jerusalem and Israel. He's, because of their repentance, because of their their plea for help and turning to him and recognizing him as the only salvation and as the only true God, he gives them salvation and he tells them exactly what to do. He gives them a plan. He tells them, you're not going to plant fe- you know, seeds and you're not going to plant your fields this year. You're going to live off of what grows because that's going to be some, re- some repentance that they do. The second year, they're going to do the same thing. They're not going to plant their fields. They're going to stay you know, behind the walls and eat what, what grows. But the third year, they're going to have their, they're going to plant and do their harvest and they're going to have plenty because the grace of God has come upon them and God is going to show the Assyrian king who really rules. Verse 33. Therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with shield or build siege ramps against it. By the way that he came, he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. I will defend this city and save it for my sake and for the sake of David, my servant. Then the Lord of the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, there were all dead bodies. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and withdrew. He returned to Nineveh and stayed there. So God sent out his angels, who knows if it's a plague or what it was, this guy's army was wiped out and devastated. It's a huge army, too. And for it to be devastated and wiped out, I mean, it's the end. But only one reason that it could have happened, and that would have been because of God's hand. And then the king, you know, of course, packed up and, and left and went to, went to Nineveh. One day, while he was worshiping in the temple of his god, Nisroch, his sons, Adamalek and Sherez, killed him with a sword, and they escaped to the land of Ararat. And Esherod, his son, succeeded him as king. So it's a, it's a very interesting chapter, and it's a, you know, the culmination of that story, that when Israel is facing some very significant challenges, and maybe they hadn't been listening to, to God and worshiping like they should, when they finally did turn and worshipped him and gave him the credit, God's mercy was heavy upon them, and he saved them. They were facing a very dire circumstance, very challenging times. They had all sorts of enemies at the gate, literally, and were facing destruction. But their enemy mocked God and did not trust in the Lord, but the people did and the king did, and God forgave them and demonstrated his grace and his mercy. 
It wasn't a mercy and a grace that was that was earned. It was simply given to him. So this this really shares, you know, hits home with me on my own personal life. And when I'm facing times of of desperation, when I'm t- facing times of trial, what do I do? How do I turn? How do I seek out God and do I and there have been plenty of times when I haven't there's been plenty of times when I just keep trying to do things my way and I don't turn to him but at this point in my life that's what this journey is about is where do I turn and how do I turn it wasn't you know Hezekiah didn't turn with a meek and weak effort he wore sackcloth he, he humbled himself. He went to the prophet. Then he went to the Lord direct. He came with his evidence, his, his ideas of how God had been scorned and blasphemed. And he beseeched the Lord and humbly in the temple. Ultimately, it reminds me of, you know, serve your God with all your heart and all, all your soul. And he was going there to God with all of his heart and all of his soul and really humbled himself. And so it just makes me question, do I humble myself enough? Do I go to God with all my heart and my soul? Am I seeking him out all the different days of my life? And as I grow in this journey, I see my times when I do, and I see the times when I don't. So I just pray that I would have more times when I do than I don't. And I'd pray the same for you. And I pray that you would also, and I would, that we would hear God's voice. That we would understand when he's talking to us which way to turn. That we would be humble and open to his direction. And I just pray that you would be guided by his, his voice. And that I would be too. So with that, I'm going to close with prayer. Lord God, I thank you for this day. I'm grateful for all you do. I'm thankful for these these friends, these people these people out there listening, and I just thank you that they're on a journey too. I just pray you'd be honored and glorified by our lives, that we would grow closer to you each and every day and every moment. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God.